Hi, this is John Barnes, and you're listening to Cop On. Hello, and welcome to Cop On Podcast. Um, I'm with Brian. I'm very, 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 very happy to be with Brian again after what's been too long. And before bringing Brian into this conversation, I want to start off with a poem because I know that JT in, in Australia particularly got in touch saying how much he loves the poem. So thanks for listening, JT. Uh, this is for you. This poem is called The Chase by Anne Stanford. Sooner or later, we must go after them. Clumsy fools. They can never slip away without stumbling into a table in the corridor, crashing the lamp. They bring the whole house down. Every door opens, lights go on. The butler comes up from the wine cellar. They make a run for it. The car in the driveway is locked, the battery dead, but they get it rolling and we follow over roaring bridges through broken hedgerows, turning like wind devils, smash over the guardrail, their car spirals. So, Brian, I mean, I, I, I was... You know, my initial feeling. I just uh, did a did a quick review for for Blood Red and 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 the quote from Vivian Stanshaw, the great writer songwriter, uh, came to mind. And um, he said, "The sun chased the shadows across the room like convent girls being menaced by a tramp." And in that metaphor, we, of course, are the sunlight, and Manchester City are the convent girls. And I wonder how scared these convent girls are going to get now now that they know we're just three points behind again they've got 24 hours to think about it before playing a an upsurgent arsenal team um i wonder i, I mean it, it's a, it's, a, it's a great position to be in uh, chasing them and just hoping that their car spirals i think it will i mean we've got the psychological advantage now brian haven't we yeah I'm I'm going to stick with the car analogy and just just pivot away from the the, the schoolgirls because I feel like I go wrong <laughs> quickly. Very very, very prudent. <laughs> Brian's now being cancelled. Um, uh, <laughs> yeah, well, look, we're doing we're doing what we're required to do. I mean, it's it's it, it hasn't been pretty at times, but we're exactly where we want to be. We're three points behind them. We're breathing down. Neck. We're not going anywhere. Um, every week, the whole thing we, we mess up, therefore it's all finished and it's not happening. And uh, today was a classic example of um, winning ugly, right? As, as champions, as champions tend to do in, in seasons, occasionally you're going to have, you're going to not be at your best. And uh, I mean, that, that's got to be a bit more scary uh, for City as well. It's like, not only are we, uh, you know, right behind them, haven't lost a game in God knows how long. But we can put in pretty pretty bad performances occasionally and still look very comfortable um, overall. That's so. interesting. You th you think it was a bad a bad performance? I mean, I thought it was you know winning ugly. I thought it was very pretty today in, in many respects. But uh, you you weren't convinced. <laughs> There's a bit of a delay in the in the video there. You can just see my lot. Oh, you'll see it in a second now. There you go. Um, <laughs> Did we put up? Did we put up? Yeah, yeah. Uh, no, I thought it was. I thought it was pretty bad uh, out there today, and I think the stats kind of 
back that up a little bit. I mean, if you look at, I'm not really a stats guy, but I was watching it with my good buddy Carl as usual, and uh, I, I, I said to him, I, I wonder if the stats will back up how bad we think this has been. And uh, I mean, I don't know what the individual stats are, but I know that like Brighton had more possession, according to one um, one. One, uh, I think, it was BBC that they had fifty-two percent possession, which is crazy considering it's Brighton and you know this is the juggernaut that is this Liverpool team. And I just thought it was so sloppy. There was so many sloppy passes, passes that were just played just behind or not enough weight on it. It just didn't seem fluid today. I mean, I I didn't I didn't feel as the game went on, I didn't feel worried. I mean, the first five, 10 minutes, I was a little bit anxious because I thought, oh, I hope Inter haven't laid down the blueprint of how to play this Liverpool team and just kind of get right up at them very quickly. But as the game went on, it just, no, I mean, it, it looked like we were kind of in control, but it wasn't the best. It wasn't the prettiest game I've seen for a while. I don't know. Well, interesting stuff. I mean, the stats um, I've got from just from Google, we'll get into more detailed stats at the moment, is that, yeah, yes, indeed, Brighton had 52% possession to our 48%. And yes, I know what you mean in terms of there were times where we could have been more precise, but I think credit needs to go to Brighton because they're brilliantly well organised and they play with a 3-4-3 three, three, um, with, uh, you know, huge amount of pressing um, that goes on all the time. So it's very, very difficult to, to play against them when they have, you know, great players like Bissouma breaking breaking things up. Lewis Dunk is, a, is you know, the, the most underrated defender in the league, in my opinion. But, um, you know, I, he might not get into the Liverpool team, but he's incredibly underrated. Um, but, uh, yeah, I mean... Well, sorry, how you say underrated, of course, Joe Matic comes to mind, but he's just one Premier League player of the month. And we'll talk about him in a bit, too. But the stats also say that anyway, that Liverpool had 18 shots to Brighton's eight and nine on target to Brighton's three. And I think Liverpool played a really clever game against this tough possession based Brighton team. Um, I think Brighton could have chosen, I, I think Brighton's most dangerous parts of the game were actually from long balls from their goalkeeper in the first 10, 15 minutes uh, or long balls over the top, you know, but, but they try and play out from the back more often than they go for the long ball. And that's why Liverpool sometimes just let them have it at the back. And I think that's why the possession count is 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 in their favor but uh, they had 425 passes to our 397 and our passing accuracy was wasn't great 78 percent whereas usually we look to about 85 percent as a benchmark for being a, a good performance of, or a very good performance but um you know uh that's interesting yeah okay okay i see what you mean about sloppy and things but what, what were the positives coming out of the game apart from the three wonderful points and the pressure on city um, look, I I, uh, I was a bit apprehensive about this game before before kickoff because this is a classic banana skin. Um, you know, it's it's a game that you could go into with a you know thinking that the points are already in the bag. I mean, everything is pointing to a Liverpool win and a, and a comfortable Liverpool win at that because I think Brighton had lost five games in a row or or something like that, and we're on a very good run of form and. You know, I just you look at that Brighton team. You think we we should be able to manage this, and they're the kind of games that just out of the blue you get a one-one draw. 
you know um it's the same with city right the city the, 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 the point if city drop points it won't be against the the teams that you expect them to drop points against it'll be something completely random um and uh i thought to myself like i i just i want to get to that city game with it meaning everything and so today it was just about winning and uh i mean i think look i you know i'm a little bit tough on the team and and the performance in some respects but i do think the schedule is taking its toll on on the team they do look for me they looked a bit leggy and uh i don't blame them there's no there's no criticism here coming from me uh it's just it's not the it's not wasn't the most fluid sometimes i've watched the games where you think oh we should have scored a lot more and we should we should have had a better you know result than that um and we come away with maybe just one nil and but that game even though we had 18 shots on target i mean a lot of them were that, that was a there was some of it that was a quite i found quite annoying the the inability to look up and 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 pick a man out you know there was a couple of a couple of opportunities where they just had to slide the ball across and it's a, it's an absolute sitter of a goal um but the positives the positives are we got three points it was a very good performance in terms of we got the job done touch wood salah is not is okay <laughs> um and onwards onwards we roll you know uh uh and 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 uh diaz gets another goal and i think dot diaz was 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 fantastic again so you know he was the highlight for me yeah i mean you know that's that's uh that's a great positive from from the game you can i mean what i i mean let's talk about what what you loved about uh, about diaz's performance in particular because for me it was like the way that i mean of course there's there's the bravery that I love, not only of his goal, but you know when he when the ball is, is slightly away from him, he's sliding to win it back. He's putting his body on the line. He's um, but it's the most beautiful thing for me was the fact that he's just he's still sprinting in the ninety third minute. He's still getting chances to score. And yes, you're absolutely right. He could have passed. You could see there was one uh, right at the end there where Jurgen was getting mad because he, he could have just slipped in there. Uh, I think it was Sadio Mane for for an easy goal, but he didn't. He chose to be selfish. And there was a lot of selfishness going on. But the the I loved the way that he's just nonstop, you know, for the last 20 minutes, Brighton were, were cooked. They were fried. They were pooped. They were knackered. And we just looked like we just kept kept going, you know. It was like a sort of, you know, it was like it was like the first twenty minutes, but it was the last twenty minutes. And 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 I think credit to the fitness, but Diaz, I mean, wow, it's so exciting. What do you love about his game? Um, yeah, I think you can tell he's a he's a he's a winner. You know, he's competitive. I mean, I, I really enjoyed the competition that he, he him and um, Lafty, Lamty, that, that battle was brilliant watching that because I rate Lamty very, very highly. I think we've talked about him a few times before on the show. And you could see it was um, it was like a tennis match. Started off with, you know, advantage, uh, Diaz, and then Lamty was like, okay, I'm going to show you who's boss. And he did. And then Diaz was like, no, I'm the better player. I'm going to show you who's boss. And then he kind of, he basically owned Lamptey for the rest of the game. And he was like, he really put him in his place. Um, he, I mean, Lamptey was their most effective player. Um, and most of the dangerous stuff came came from him. But Diaz handled him 
um and he has that um he has his shades of uh, louis suarez about him you know he's he's got narl um he's got a trick in him and uh i i think uh i think a lot of people don't realize just how complicated our system is and how demanding it is as a football we just watch it it looks beautiful we score lots of great goals but we don't actually sit down to really think just how technical the movement of play is sometimes and that's why i think jürgen doesn't rush players into the team more times than not they'll they'll, they'll sit it out for maybe four or five months whilst they're getting used to things but he's gone in straight away because i think his football intelligence is obviously so high and he you know he played a similar position at porto um that he's just gone straight into the team and he hasn't looked out of place once so i mean he's it's the same way i felt about when jota came in i feel about him he's like right there he's at the right level he's pushing the 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 the, the, the three guys that we've got already and now god we've got so many options you know um so uh yeah no I, i'm looking forward to watching him play for the next five six seven years you know at Liverpool just banging in all kinds of crazy goals it's lovely isn't it i mean we were, we were at, the, at the beginning of a beautiful adventure we're like uh, dorothy with the the magical castle in the distance this is uh this is wonderful stuff um so you know today's result was our eighth win in a row so you know before you know going into the match in, in in more detail and thanks to the people who are joining us on youtube as well do get your comments in and questions in we'd be happy to happy to 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 answer them um eight wins in a row it's it's the first time we've won eight consecutive premier league games um since that run of 18 successive victories uh, that ended in February 2020, which of course was the season 1920 when we won the league. Um, you know, the title-winning form is back, um, and it's just the, you know, as an overview, it's not easy to win one Premier League game, but to win eight in a row. I mean, how long do you think this this can last, Brian, without tempting fate? Well, you know, I think if we were want to be champions of england we are going to have to put in an extraordinary uh effort and performance because you know like it or lump it that's what this city team are we all we all understand this they you know pep and, and and what he's built there is just ridiculous and the fact that we are with them stride for stride just just um just says it all and um if we are going to beat them we have to be just as as amazing as they are and that means we just have to keep on going we can't afford like the the, the standards that both teams have set now i mean this is the golden era of the premiership the people will be talking about these two teams in in 50 years 20 years you know 60 years time ago can you do you remember the that city liverpool teams that just pushed each other to those ridiculous levels um i just think we have to at the moment it's in our hands we turn up to each game and we find a way to win and we just keep that pressure until they wilt and they cave that's the only way we're going to win this is that we keep we can't afford to lose a game um for the rest of the season unless city lose a game and you know or you know we we can't be the first to crack if we crack first it's over i think 
you know, because they will that that will just give them so much strength. But if we just each week, if we just keep turning up, finding a way to get it done, then the pressure will stop. Because remember, they're playing an entire season without a note an out and out striker. <laughs> that that's gonna have to come back to like I know they're brilliant and everything, but surely that can't go on for the entire season without that coming home to roost at some stage. So um, I just think we have to keep it on going. We, we, it has to be, we have to get into that game unbeat. You know, we can't, we, we have two games now. I think we've got uh, Arsenal and um, one more game. What was the game before there? But one more game before City. Yeah, it's it's against Watford on the on the second of of April. So we've got Arsenal, then Forest in the cup, and then and then Watford at home, which is another uh, lunchtime or breakfast or brunch kickoff. Uh, and and then it's uh, Manchester City Liverpool on the tenth of April at uh, five thirty. I think that's European time, so four thirty uh, English time, but uh, or Scouse time. Excuse me. Mm. Um, but yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, it's. I mean, Arsenal. It's in Arsenal's hands as much as anything because they they're playing City tomorrow as as we're recording this, and um, you know, then we're playing them in in midweek. Yeah, I mean, a, a, away from home. Um, I'm going to slightly disagree with you though. I don't think it's over if we drop points at Arsenal because I just think that there are more twists and and turns to come. I think it's highly unlikely that we win all of the rest of our uh, 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10 games in the Premier League. It's, it's highly unlikely that we'll win all of them. But equally, it's highly unlikely for City to win all of them. I think the big crunch match, we have to go to the Etihad and get a win. I'm going to say yeah. that. But um, for the other games, I can see both teams, you know, who are not perfect because i don't think perfection really exists um although they're very close to it um but i just think you know things can go wrong you know the car can spiral the car (laughs) can spiral Uh, but uh, no very interesting alan's in the chat which is great um he says uh great to have you back on brian um matt it was super again today and as for diaz wow what a player we have on our hands absolutely joel matt um player of the month right for the for the premier league i don't know if you saw that um yeah, yeah he was he's uh, you know we're going to talk about that now uh, joel matic player of the month um uh, i thought he was up there with diaz as the man of the match today um i'll just bring up some some stats in a minute but uh, you know did did he catch your eye as someone who was you know putting his limbs everywhere of course he set up the first goal with a beauty of a pass yeah no he's he was brilliant, absolutely brilliant, and uh, I mean, he's you know arguably one of the, one of the best, if not the best, ball playing centre back <laughs> in the in 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 Europe at the moment. You know, it's it's like we you know we we always try the plaudits towards uh, Verge um, for his commanding presence and performance down there, but you know when it comes to taking the ball out, I I, I can't think of a, a better player. I mean. He's like Agar, but better. <laughs> um, um, and uh, uh, yeah, I mean, he's doing that more and more. He's he's bringing that into his game. He's he's not just taking the ball out and going on like mindless runs, but there's an end product more times than not to it as well. Like he normally lays the ball off. I mean, he 
I trust him more than some of our strikers to pass the ball <laughs> at some stages, you know, because he he hasn't he has an eye for the channel pass, um, and he's you know he he bear, he very rarely makes a mistake at the back, um, and uh, you know I think what a joy now that we, here we are watching him in his you know in his peak going having a great run playing with Verge. The two of them together are such a strong partnership. They're everything. You combine them together, and it's like, what do they not have? It's a, you know, it's just so difficult to play. And they understand they understand each other so well, and you can tell they have deep affection for each other. Um, so, uh, or Verge does for him anyway. That's for sure. <laughs> it might sure. not be reciprocated, but yeah, yeah. we don't know. You know, Madsen could be a serial killer for all we know. He doesn't. <laughs> he doesn't let much out. <laughs> But yeah, no, he was brilliant. He was brilliant. I think all the stats, um, you know, put him as the as the man of the match in terms of like his actual contribution is to the game as well. So, yeah, that no, was brilliant. He, yeah. he was a real highlight actually of the of that game. You know, just how good he was. Yeah, who scored? dot com have him as the man of the match was seven point eight eight. I don't know what game they're watching though. I don't know how they count the defensive stats because they said no tackles and no interceptions with five clearances and one blocked shot. But I think I remember at least two blocked shots. But anyway, um, and, uh, I think that and goalkeeper had a few tackles. <laughs> <laughs> oh gosh, yeah, we'll talk about that in a moment. But yeah, um, the uh, yeah, so uh, yeah, Joel Matic. I mean, you know, um, there were, those were his defensive stats. With the ball, he had uh, five out of seven accurate long passes, which is excellent, including his one key pass of the match, which is superb. Um, he only touched the ball 44 times, uh, but 35 of those were passes. So he was laying it off first time most of the time, which is quite interesting. Um, yeah, and otherwise, I don't know. It's just he got that assist. I mean, you know, and, and, and he's, uh, yeah, apparently he won, he won four aerial duels as well. So he, that was the most in the team. Virgil won three. Um, and, you know, it's, I mean, it's great to see them both in their prime. They're, they're, they're both 30 years old um, and they complement each other's games so well. Whenever Virgil makes a mistake, uh, Joel's there. And, and likewise, or the rare times when Joel makes a mistake, uh, Virgil is there. To, and, and it's just, it's lovely. We've got to enjoy this because... You can you can be. Um, I think it's important, like, because we do like to every every time we we have a discussion, we like to single out players and talk about them. But you've got to, I mean, you've got to feel the same as I do, Brian. In that you've got to absolutely love all of these guys, don't you? Because they're just all of them, one to fourteen, including the subs today, were you know like regardless of what you feel about the performance, whether it's slightly off or not, but you've got to love them all, don't you? They're all brilliant players. Yeah, completely. We, I mean, we were, we were talking about this. We were, we were kind of like in awe. We were going through the team as they were playing like Robbo, you know, Verge, um, just the characters, like the, the all the various different characters, such a good blend of good, good lads there. And uh, I mean, it's it it this team is a reflection of the boss, hundred percent. You know, he's I I I never run out of words to say and about him. You know, 
he's such a thoughtful guy and you know and he's not a he's not a uh, a saint right that's what i like about him he, he 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 he's very wise he says all the right things but then you know he's one of the guys as well and he's one of us he's a normal as he calls himself the normal one um but he's not normal and uh you know what he's built there with this team and uh and how they play for each other and uh you know what they do i mean i think we we're so used to this we've we've lived with this team now for like so long and we're so used to success we're so used to winning every game that you know sometimes you you can take it for granted i was okay like i mean the, the performance in my eyes wasn't great today but it but i was really happy with the team in the respect and i wasn't i wasn't angry at them it wasn't uh i, mean, I understand i think i really do think that uh they've they've had such a a, a run of games big games as well not small games and they're in a, such a high pressure situation where they're chasing the city team and there's no room for error um and uh, you know they're betting a new player and you know we, we i mean football if 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 football was just turn up and win every single game you know it, what, what would the, what would be the fun in that you know so um no yeah i mean special you know yeah, because like Allison, you've got Allison Goal, you've got Verge, you've got Matip, you've got Millie, you've got Salah. Think of them you've all. I mean, that's the thing. I do this yeah. sometimes. Yeah, just Harry. go through them all and just get so buzzing. Yeah, even the ones yeah. on the bench and ones who didn't play. Cade yeah. Gordon, I love him. And oh, he's, he's brilliant. You know, he's great. Yeah. But yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. anyway, we, 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 you know. We can we can talk like this for hours. I, I, I do Don't want to rest. talk about the incident. Yes, because yeah. Gary's in the Gary's in the in the chat as well. Hi, Gary. Really great to have you with us. Um, he says hi. All the foul on Diaz was a booking. Interesting. That's Gary's take on it. I agree with him, actually. I don't think it was a red card. But the fact that it's not even a booking, and more to the point, the ref wasn't even sent to the monitor, is oh. yet another weekly uh episode of how to fuck things up if you excuse me uh my language i mean it's I, I, they, they just you know they would they would screw up one of those bulbs that you're supposed to push in wouldn't they these these var idiots nincompoops um what did you make in that that decision yeah it was it was horrendous it really was because i mean not only does he uh it's dangerous play, very dangerous play, but he clearly moves his hand down to, yeah, I mean, the damage was, was from his knee, okay? So a goalkeeper can get away with that because he's coming out and he's spreading himself big and, okay, fine, you can see how they could not give that. But as the, the ball goes past him, and if you watch the replays, he brings his hand down to make contact with Diaz's face, and that's an unnatural movement. It's not like, you know, his knee being up there, that's not, you could say that's natural, but his hand coming down to do damage on Diaz is not natural. And I was just thinking, you know, how can we get around this? How can we fix this? And I think the only, I think what they need to do, they won't do this, but I think what would be a good idea is if they had the same VAR team officiating the games week in, week out, you know, they have a, they have a set number of VAR referees and at least we get some kind of consistency now because we, it's not just who's in the box, but it's also who's on the pitch and how they interact with each other. Like the, 
the combinations are endless and it makes a big difference. You put that guy with that guy, you get one outcome. You get that guy with that guy, you get a totally different outcome. And it's it's really flip a coin. Um, I also want to mention, uh, I hope Alan, our uh, regular contributor, Alan C, uh, is, is, is getting better because I know that he, he pulled one of his... Um, <laughs> um, I don't know what you, uh, but, <laughs> but it's not. He didn't. He didn't pull his arse muscle. He's got COVID, so he's <laughs> better. <laughs> <Or> recovering. <laughs> I don't uh, think he pulled well. his arse muscle. Uh, no, I think it yeah, is well. COVID, and of course, yes, we we wish him all the best. Yeah, of course we do. Yeah, we wish him all the best. And Anna's in the chat now. Of the COVID. Maybe, yeah. I mean, I, yeah, I'm lucky they've still avoided it until now. But uh, no, and get well to Doug, who was in the chat earlier as well. So it's great to he have Doug also in the, pulled his arse muscle, I believe. In the chat, yes, as well, <laughs> or yes, or strained a bollock or something. But anyway, get well soon. Um, Alan says, if Diaz didn't score, would VAR have given a penalty, and then would it, would he have got a red card? And that's that's entirely possible. I think it it would have depended on what happened to the ball, really. Let's say, for example, he headed the ball and it came back off the post and he was fouled, and it came back off the post and went into the middle of the goal, then you would say that Diaz would definitely have run onto the ball and scored. So that was that would that would be denial of a of of, of a clear goal scoring opportunity. Whether you're going to send send the goalkeeper off for dangerous play, that's where this challenge was on the limit for me. I, I would say it's it's yellow card for me just about because he was just if you watch it in full speed, he was genuinely going for the ball, and Luis Diaz was just quicker and sharper. Um, so you know he, there was you know I know malice like your intentions and how much malice you have doesn't come into it in terms of the in terms of the rules but I just think it wasn't particularly dangerous because at the end of the day there was no severe damage to Diaz. But that's and, the problem. I think mm -hmm. you know if we take. I'm sorry for interrupting, but I I, right. I think you know I think back of Virg, Virgil. You know what happened to him with. Um, you know, and Everton, there are, you know, some goalkeepers know they can get away with that, right? They know because they're a goalkeeper, they can go out there and they can do some damage and whatnot. And and I, I think the game needs to change. I mean, a lot of the times you see referees not give something and then they realize the player is seriously injured and then they get the card out and they go, okay, it's a red card. Or you you can hear that they, they get, somebody's talking in their ear and, and they, they think, no, this is a red card. And it, it shouldn't be not a red card just because the player got lucky and wasn't seriously injured. Because okay. I think, you know, if you go back, you, if you, the, 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 the damning piece of evidence with this particular incident is the fact that he, he really does make a very clear movement with his, his trailing hand. After the ball's gone, he, the, the play has gone past. He just wants to connect with the player. Um, and uh, and that for me was just a disgrace. And the fact that he didn't even send him over to the monitor I know. just to have a look at it. There's this whole yeah. thing now. I think there's a real stigma to that because because they now if 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 a, a, a referee goes to the monitor more times than not, it's a decision. In you know, it's something something has happened. Um, and it's you almost get the feel like like that sometimes it's like oh you've missed this oh I don't want to make you look bad that you've missed something so glaringly obvious that I'm going to send you to the monitor. Um, but uh, I'm just I'm just really happy he was okay because that mm. guy properly clotheslined him 
and he could have been in a neck brace coming off uh you know we're taking morphine because that was it looked really nasty in real time um so great that he was okay yeah yeah i mean that's that's the thing okay in terms of var solutions the one that i've had for ages um and and for me it, it will work and like you say they're not going to do it um is well it's twofold my solution for, for the var to take a lot of the controversy out or there will still be subjective decisions there will still be that's the nature of football but first thing you need to do is scrap the clear and obvious error nonsense and the actual um you know the question that should be asked is what is the correct decision with any var review what is the correct decision that's all yeah. you need to ask but yeah. then what you need to have is a free different var uh refs on uh, who all have an equal say and the majority rules because there are so many things like in this incident like I, I said for me it's still a yellow um but i see what you mean for a red so if there were three of us in mm. this it's a subjective decision um and maybe two of us would vote yellow and two and one of us would vote red then at least we've talked about it and it's not unanimous but we've got you know and, and 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 if there was some kind of transparency as well so people could actually you know look at these decisions and and, and see how the the, the varfs uh, voted because just to have one person um looking at the monitor just opens things up for error um so you know and they're a private company who knew I Run knew, by Mike Riley. I, yeah, yeah, and I've, I've been, I've been, I've been trying to get hashtag PGMOL out trending on Twitter. So that's uh, a bit dodgy, isn't it? I'm, 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 I'm amazed that that's a thing. I was like, wow, really? Yeah. How could that be? It seems a bit yeah. weird. Anyway, anyway, but yeah, no, you're, you're, it's, it's, it's very weird. It's a weird little thing they have, but hopefully they, 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 they will be replaced. Um, great to have uh, Gelty in in the chat. He said he missed the match today. He or she, excuse me, uh, or they even missed the match today. So I'm just popping in to wish you all well. I'll be back later to watch in full. Well, thank you very much, Gelty. It's great to have you with us and enjoy the game. I, I really enjoyed today's game. I really did because I thought it was just a, a cracking game of football, as they say. <laughs> I think, uh, you know, it was, it, 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 there were two good teams. Brighton had chances. Um, and one thing I wanted to talk about, I think we could go into the, the, the details about the stats, but I just think that the general um, view overview of the game is, is almost more interesting in this one because there were some great little tactical things and, and little things that were that on the eye were, were quite pleasing and other times terrifying for us. Um, one thing I looked at before the game, our friend Karen sent a, a lovely stat about um, the all season long, our NPXG, our non-penalty expected goals, a.k.a., okay, don't get scared with the XG word, anyone listening, um, it's uh, just the amount of chances we create apart from, um, you know, penalties. That's all it is. That's all it's a stat for. And Liverpool, um, basically, if you take all of our Premier League games, our average is around about three goals to one conceded. And I was thinking about, I've been thinking about that for a few hours, actually, since I saw that graphic. I find that really interesting because I think that feels about right to me, Brian, that we go into matches and it is harem scaring quite a lot of times. And there are obvious holes in our defense as i said today sanchez's long balls caught us out you know numerous times in the first 15 minutes but you know 
my question is like are you happy with that brian as i am because it means going forward we've got more men forward and we, and we can just create more and we can on average score more than them or are you are you looking for a bit more control and a bit more you know like uh you know like a, like controlled possession sl a slower game um no i i i love the way we play absolutely love it and uh as you were talking i was just thinking about this i i i think we're the best team in the league you know i i think we're better than city i think you know that it's very it's very close between the two two teams but i think we play better football and uh, it's more entertaining um and uh the stats show that and um you know i i it's difficult i think we set our we set our our performance bar so high not just with the goals because we we always we you know there was a time then where liverpool were just scoring three goals every single game three goals three goals three goals four goals four goals and and you kind of forget how rare that is normally for your team to go anywhere and score three goals whereas it was just standard stuff for us we just expect oh another hat trick or another three goals everybody up front has scored great our defenders are scoring great and um and i think you start to look for things to be unhappy about <laughs> right you start to nitpick because you can't just say this is brilliant isn't it you know it's like we don't live in that world but it is it's just brilliant um and uh i think even like today there will be little drop off in performances and that's normal but uh i think the most important thing if you want to win trophies and you want to win things is that you just have to find a way to make to get the result there's no excuses there's like you could you could have an argument you could say oh we're tired or we've been traveling or this time there'll always be reasons why you, you cannot win a game of football but those if you accept those reasons then you just don't win trophies uh and uh and these teams as as Jurgen calls them the mentality monsters it's yeah i mean it, it was uh it was great, and I kind of ex I ex I'm expecting us to go to Arsenal, a very strong Arsenal team. You know, an Arsenal team in great form and in great in a great moment, and, and I, I'm, ex I'm expecting us to grind it out again, um, because that's what we're doing, and we, and they can sniff it. They, like we've got the first trophy in the season. There is greatness in out there for us this year. There's adventures to be had. You know, we're we're in all the competitions. The the draw has been been kind to us, and uh, we've got an amazing football team. Tiago's back. I mean, it's all there for us to do. Um, and so, uh, yeah, no, look, I I'm enjoying it. I I enjoy every. I'm like you. I'm a. I, I just love football, um, and uh, it doesn't. It's never lost on me just how good this team is um so it's a you know it's a privilege to watch them play it's a great answer yeah it's it, it i i feel the same i think it is a privilege i think we have to be we have to accept and trust as well in allison because i think i think he deserves a lot of praise for the last 10 minutes because he had bugger all to do and then suddenly he was called into action three times in the last 10 minutes and he came 
you know, he he was really good. He didn't try any of those weird, you know, Cruyff turns today. Um, you know, he did. He he was sensible with the ball, and you know, he bailed us out. A couple of great saves to keep the clean sheet. Um, you know, it's uh, it's it's. It, I don't know. It. I just think. I just think. In those key moments, those harem scarum moments, when you've got players with the defensive skill of Trent and Virgil and and Joel and and Robbo, then you've just got to trust them with Allison behind them as you know just wonderful, uh, you know wonderful things. And you know, as Gary says in the chat, Allison is a gorgeous man. So there you go, Brian. What yes, do you Gary. think about? What he's, do you think? He's a beautiful man. I th I'm glad you said that. I'm so glad you said that because I think people are, are starting to be worried about me and my my affection for Allison. But I just imagined him. He had nothing to do other than just kind of wisp his hair for most of the game. And then there's an absolute belter of a shot. And Allison just puts his hand up like he's Thor from Marvel and just goes, do not pass, go. This will, thou shalt not pass me. And then the final whistle goes, and he goes, right, lads, I'll see you later. Jumps on his horse, and off he goes into the <laughs> distance with with explosions everywhere. <laughs> you know, another day at the office for Allison. <laughs> That's it. That's it. It's exactly it. He's, uh, you know, his middle name is Ramesses. We all have to remember that. And, of course uh, it is. Of course it is. Like, of course it is. That's obvious. Uh, you I could have guessed it. Go oh, wait there, wait there. I just got news in. Alison didn't go on his horse. He's actually outside with a ukulele serenading a beautiful woman. Because <laughs> <laughs> that's guy. just the kind of stuff he does. <laughs> there you go. There you go. He's uh yeah it's it's uh no he's wonderful it's wonderful to to have uh to have the guy there and that's something that we just gotta enjoy I mean it's bad for my nails it's bad for my my heart a little bit but it's just wonderful to watch when you think about the the firepower up front um Gary said in the chat as well that he said uh, a little bit earlier that Liverpool. Uh, need a real number nine. I'm going to disagree with you there, Gary, because I, I love this new front three, and I want to ask your opinion about it, Brian. I love this new front three, the new one being Diaz, Mane in the middle, uh, what Michael Jackson was talking to, and um, Salah on the right. And I think Mane's great because he's dangerous. He's unpredictable. He can tackle. There's that moment where he tracked back in the first half, flicked it over the defender's head. And yes, he should have passed. And yes, that's something that all three of them need to work on, is working together more. The decision-making at the key time, what's the best thing to do, have a shot or pass? Because they got it all wrong many times today. But I love this front three. I mean, Bobby... I mean, any any listeners to cop on will will know my 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 adoration for for Bobby Dazzler and Diogo Jota. We've waxed lyrical about him many times, but what do you reckon for the the new front three? Mane in the middle. What do you reckon, Brian? Um, I you know it's uh, I think it's it's a new it's a new system, and I think it well it's not a new system because it's the same formation, but I think putting different players in different positions has quite profound effect on fluidity and, and way things happen. And so you've got, in, a, in effect, you've got two new players really, because you've got Diaz who doesn't, you know, is new to the club. And then you've got Mane who's been playing 
in Diaz's position for like five years here or something, whatever, how long it is. So I, I think it's normal that there would be some, like a little bit of, you know, rustiness or I don't know, lack of fluidity. But I mean, we've got these amazing five players now. It's amazing. Just saying that out loud is, is crazy. And, um, you know, the boss has to just find ways to put them all, get them all into the pitch, right? Um, would I have Mane up there normally? Probably not. Um, I mean, I the the perfect situation for me is Bobby there, Bobby in form, because we had an interesting conversation uh, tonight talking about this. I think because Bobby passes the ball, uh, you know, he he doesn't <laughs> he doesn't care how the goal gets scored as long as the goal gets scored. I think sometimes Bobby likes a pass more than he likes a goal, you know, and um, and uh, and when he does that. He oh, like it's so much more difficult to play against the, the front three because he knows, like Bobby could decide he wants to score, or he could just do something amazing and just play one of his teammates in. And you see, when he's in form, you see more beautiful team goals happening, right? And I think that kind of rubs off on the other two. And so, rather than always going for the shot, sometimes they're more inclined to actually pass the ball off because that's the that's the vibe in the game. Because Bobby's on the pitch, and that's what he he sets out there. And when you have um, Mane up there, and you know everybody knows I, I love Mane, right? He's he's awesome, but I think he's kind of he's in that kind of point to prove um, kind of moment where he's playing a new position, it's a lot of pressure. I mean, not this game, but the previous game, I think he played really well in that position. He was dropping back deep and and um creating space and uh you know the ball was sticking to his feet and whatnot but uh yeah no really good i mean i don't think it's the i i don't think it's the perfect f um formation of what we've got um but it's not like it's not a bad one um by any stretch of the imagination but i'm, I'm surprised that i mean i'm surprised that salah has never been considered for that position as well, I, I suppose he's just so industrious and so so amazing from the right flank. But I he get would have been my 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 yeah, choice. I, I get the feeling though that they just say to Mo Salah, "You're that good. What's your best position? Okay, you like that one. Okay, we're going to play you there <laughs> because you know it's just like he's such a he's such a monster that you yeah. know he's just 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 playing wherever he feels happiest. Maybe um, right. I mean, you know, looking at looking at the stats today, I mean, it was it's kind of you know glaring glaring out at me from the stats is that the 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 um, amount of shots that each of the front three took far outweighed the key passes when there were obvious key passes on at, at various times that we've we've already mentioned. Uh, so Mo Salah had seven shots, three on target, um, one key pass. Sadio Mane had four shots, three on target, no key passes. And Luis Diaz had two shots, both on target, and two key passes. So of the three of them, uh, Luis Diaz decided to pass more than the others. Yes. Uh, but, um, yeah, it's... You, and you felt that in the game as well. Yeah, you felt that yeah. because he, he, for me, like Diaz is playing the way um, we... The, when the front three was at their absolute pinnacle, they, they were all passing to each other and they were so fluid. And I remember all the pundits were saying, how do you play against these front three? Because one of them will, one of them will get you. If it's not that one, it's this one. And, and, and they're passing together. And, 
And I think um, because they're all chasing such big accolades, not just the league titles and the trophies, but they're trying to be the best player in the world. They're trying to get the Ballon d'Or. Goals are just so, so important. And they're judged by goals, right? You know, say what you like. We we all love Bobby, but if he doesn't score goals for long enough, then we love him a little bit less. <laughs> That I'm better than those kind of fans. <laughs> well, I, I don't know. I, I, like, he, he got loads of um, what do they call it in, in Scouse language? They call it pelters. He got lots yeah. of pelters last year because, um, you know, his goals apparently dried up. Um, I think he, I think he scored one less goal than in our championship. Champion, championship winning season like his, his form didn't drop off i think he had two less assists two fewer assists and one fewer one less goal and and and, and you know it's it true. wasn't it was manny who had the huge drop off last year but 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 manny now in the nine with the pace that he still has um because he's mm. faster than bobby he, he seems faster than jota i don't know if that's true or not but he, he he seems like he is and i just like his unpredictability there and uh yeah um great to have jack uh with us as well he says uh yeah amazing result gents get in yes exactly it was an amazing result um and we've got uh we got we got uh just uh one more thing really to talk about before we before we uh, head in, in into the the evening or the night or what what time is it in Hong Kong, Brian? It is the shank of the evening. It's uh, I just looked at my clock. It says twenty three fifty, so it's ten to twelve. So it's not too wow, man. Too late. Okay, well there you go. Well, thanks for thanks for joining us so late. This shank of the evening. Oh, speaking of that, happy. Uh, I think it's um, I think it's it was Joe Fagan's birthday today. Uh, which I haven't mentioned that I was planning on mentioning. So happy, um, you know, heavenly birthday to Joe Fagan, who is, interestingly, here's a good trivia question for anyone listening. Um, he, he is the last English manager to win the European Cup. And not only wow. did he do that, he did, um, he won the European Cup uh, in Rome against Roma. So, you know, in his first season as well. So let's remember that and let's remember Joe because no one ever talks about him enough. Uh, so there Fantastic you go. Fantastic, that was. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Uh, but, uh, and I'm delighted to, uh, to say that, that Fergus is, is, is joining us as well, just for the, just for the, end, of the end of the show. But Fergus, this is great timing because we're about to talk about Arsenal. But how are you feeling? Are you buzzing after the, the wonderful result, Fergus? Yeah, hi, hi Owen. Um, yeah, sorry for joining you late. I was just. Oh no, uh, no worries. I was washing up the dishes and all those domestic chores. <laughs> yeah, yeah, good for you. Very good. I've been only putting them off for so long. Um, you know, <laughs> I can get away with a two-hour Liverpool match, and then I have to do some real work. <laughs> yeah, great. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, but uh, yeah, I mean, what do you reckon to the the three points today? Brilliant. Um, difficult match. I was surprised. Uh, we know Brighton are a good side, but they really came out swinging today for us. You know, physically, it was difficult. I thought they committed a lot of fouls. Um, should have definitely been a red card for their goalkeeper. That was a, that was um, that was a, you know, it was almost a murderous challenge. <laughs> Excellent. Uh, okay. I'm surprised right. he did, surprised he didn't go off. I mean, well, actually, I shouldn't be surprised because, you know, that the the the, the the competence of the referees in England and the VAR officials, 
you know, never ceased to surprise me or the incompetence. That that was clearly a red card. It would have been a red card. See, I, I, would, I would disagree with you, though. I would disagree with okay. you. But uh, there you go. We've talked about that. Brian would agree with you that it was a red card. And if we mm. uh, were able to implement my, my, my changes to the VAR um, protocol, then I would say that, you know, each decision like that needs three people to decide. So, uh, you know, your two red cards would outvote my yellow card and he would have been yes. off. Because uh, I might be completely wrong about that. I, I, well, yeah. it, I mean, he, he basically almost took his head off with his with his foot. So whether it's intentional <laughs> or not, okay. it, it, yeah, Inten intention <laughs> doesn't come into it. I don't have the, the the laws of the game in front of me. It's not about intention. It's about endangering um, endangering the player, and the player yeah, well, was endangered. It was late. So, okay. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Okay. But we're going to talk about Arsenal because we've we've covered okay. this. We could talk, we could talk about this. Um, for for a lot longer, but uh, no, yeah. we're going to talk about Arsenal. The next match. Looking forward to. It. Um, but in the context, let's just let's just read. You. I'm just going to read you. Uh, you know our, our results since the uh, 16th of January when we beat Brentford three nil at home. Right. I'm going to go through them as quickly as I can. We beat Arsenal two nil. We beat Palace three one. We beat Cardiff three one. We beat Leicester. Uh, what was it? Two nil. We beat Burnley one nil. We beat Inter Milan 2-0. We beat Norwich 3-1. We beat Leeds 6-0. We beat Chelsea on penalties to, to win the League Cup. We beat Norwich City 2-1 at home. We beat West Ham United 1-0, thanks to Mane on the 5th of March. In midweek, we lost to Inter Milan, although we were very unlucky, in my opinion. And today we won 2-0 so that that is the context of which we're talking about arsenal and brian you've got to be confident even though it's at the emirates stadium um you know at the emirates stadium just to to give you a bit of context there as well our last five matches uh we've drawn two lost one and won the last two matches we won 3-0 in april last year and in the League Cup semi-final, of course, we won 2-0. So there you go. What do you, how, how are you feeling about this Arsenal game? And you mentioned earlier a little bit of trepidation. Yeah, I mean, the, the smallest amount of trepidation because, you know, I mean, you always feel, I, I don't know about you, but I always, I don't go into any game thinking this is done. Regardless of whoever we're playing, there's always an element of kind of like, okay, we have to go and do it on a performance. But um I mean, the trepidation stems from the fact that Arsenal are in a very good moment at the moment, and they seem to there seems to be some. They've they finally found an identity, um, and um, Arteta seems to be gaining traction um, there. He seems to be moving in the right direction rather than closer to the door. He's 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 looking like he's going to be there again next season, and um, and their tails are up, and you know they're chasing down. The Champions League play, so you know it's going to be a good game. I mean, I think uh, I think they're going to they they're going to think that they can take all three points, and they're going to try and have a game of football with us, and that's the best we can ever hope for. I think um, when if it just comes down to a straightforward football match and VAR don't get involved, and we're not dealing with some kind of weird combination of referees not seeing things or whatnot, then you know we'll win that game. You know, but. Uh, I think we need to. Um, that's that's on Wednesday, you said, right? 
yes, yeah. As far as I can, uh, as far as I can see, yeah. yeah let me just uh, check. Yeah, the sixteenth in four are days. They, are they playing? Are they playing Leicester tomorrow? City, I believe. Oh, they're playing City, right? Okay. Oh, wow. Oh, sorry. No, no, no. Excuse me. It is Leicester City. I had in my head that it was Manchester City. No, sorry. It's Leicester City. The other city. The real city. Okay. Um, but okay. <laughs> so, yeah. That'll Leicester be a tough city. game too. I mean, I think that's going to be a tough game for them. Um, no, yeah, I'm, I'm very I'm very confident, but it's going to be a, it's going to be a tough game, I think. Uh, we're going to have to really earn every every one of those three points. Um, oh, yeah. um, and, and if we're not, if we don't have the right mentality, then we, we will draw or we'll lose because I think Arteta is keen, 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 keen to uh, to uh, to get kind of revenge. Because I remember, I don't know if you remember the game in at Anfield, they were they were all over us until Arteta got up in Jurgen Klopp's face, and that that was that was the key to the big turnaround because fans just erupted, including me. I just got angry. How dare he? <laughs> How dare he act like that in, in our home of all places? And and I think it transmitted itself to the team. So I think there might be an element of like there's a there's a backstory to this game that maybe Arteta wants to get one up over us, um, but we're just not going to let him have it, have it. He's a bit of a douchebag in my opinion, but he seems to be doing well. Um, Gary's feeling very uh, confident in the chat. He says Liverpool to batter Arsenal. I would love that to happen at the Emirates. Um, uh, a, a bit of context, Fergus, for, for Arsenal is that in their last five Premier League matches, just looking at the Premier League, since the 23rd of January, because they had some, some big breaks, um, Arsenal drew with Burnley nil nil, and then they beat Wolves one nil. They beat Brentford at home two one. They beat Wolves at home two one, and they beat Watford away three two. Um, how are you feeling about it, Fergus? As as confident as Gary? Um, I would say Arsenal are the form team besides Liverpool and Man City. Uh, it looks it looks like they're they're on their way to tie up fourth place and beat Man U to to Champions League qualification, which is obviously hilarious. <laughs> um, I don't I I don't like Arteta his antics on the touchline. Uh, there's a touch of the of the baby Pep about him, but um, at least Pep seems to be a reasonably nice person, whereas Arteta. You just don't know. You think he might be a bit vindictive or whatever. Um, it's going to be a very tough match. Even like even I thought today was going to be tough, and it was tough. Um, I think so. There's two things going into it. One is, of course, Arsenal are on are, are on fire, basically. Well, as on fire as they've been at any time since the Wenger era. And it's only a mini run of very good results, but you know they are looking decent. Um, so Emirates crowd will be up for it, especially against Liverpool. Uh, there seems to be a bit of a grudge against Liverpool on, on the Arsenal side, uh, generated from Arteta or whatever, probably because he's trying to do his mate Pep a favourite at, at City. Um, and then Liverpool are going through a bit of a scoring crisis, in my opinion. You know, you saw that we were winning two and three, four goals up until the last run of five games and we've really been scraping results even today we missed a bunch of chances against Milan uh, Inter we missed a bunch of chances and lost one nil so 
you know, our, our forwards are not are not firing. Mo Salah, um, okay, got his penalty to, today, but he's missed a lot of sitters, been hitting the post a lot. But Mane was excellent today. He's really surprised me in that centre-forward role. Partly he stepped up with Diaz. Uh, Diaz is probably our best player now, and I include that him ahead of Salah. Um, Controversial, but okay. I know. He's been fantastic. And I see that uh, Salah is um, kicking up a stink about his contract, or at least he is via his agent. So also controversially, um, you know, if Salah is not going to fit into the pay structure of the club, no player is bigger than the club and he can go. You know, we can, yes. we, we can, uh, we've, we've signed the likes of Diaz. Diaz, Diaz looks like, looks like um, Salah, but with rocket boosters. Um, he's incredible. So if we switch the focus, if we fix, switch the focus of our attack from right with Salah to left with Diaz and we sign another player, you know, on, on a half or a quarter of the wages of Salah, fine, you know, I'm fine with that. We have, a, we have a magnificent track record in the transfer market. I'm sure Liverpool have got two or three players lined up who will come in on a quarter of the salary of Salah. Salah's reached 30 anyway, you know. If we can get a decent fee for him with a year to go, that's fine. Or if he works out his contract, that's fine as well because he can't be asking for Messi and Ronaldo-like um, salary because, you know, he, he does rate himself as one of the best players in the world, and he is. Um, but we can't be... Um, paying him he can't be looking for parity with um messi and ronaldo and, the, and, and mbappe the other best players in the world because liverpool is not that club um as for the arsenal game it's a really crucial game we do have to win we're within three points of man city now city hopefully will stutter on monday night against palace monday night 8 p.m against palace will be hard the palace crowd when they're up for it as liverpool know ha have found out to their cost in the past are really up for it. They can really make a difference. Eight o'clock, all the Palace fans will be nicely tanked up after work. They'll have, they'll have slung back five or six pints. Yeah. They'll be in yeah. full voice. And if they make a good start against City, that's great. Vieira has got his own axe to grind against City, against um, Pep. I don't think he got a fair crack of the whip um, in the City organisation. So he'll be out to um, prove a point. And he, he looks like a really good manager. Palace are a tough team, you know. That's, that was one of our toughest games this season. And uh, at home, under the lights, 8 p.m., after work, uh, a raucous crowd, good luck, City. Thank you. I, yeah, because I, I, I had it in my head that City were playing Arsenal, but you're absolutely right. They're playing Crystal Palace in two days. They've yes. got two days to digest this result yes. for Liverpool, this another three points. And, and, and you could see them getting the jitters. Um, just quickly on, on, on Salah's contra contract situation. I mean, um, I agree with you. I think it's very interesting that, like... He's a legend, and it's not easy to replace a legend. And I wouldn't expect anybody to get the same output as Mo Salah because, I mean, that that kind of output happens, you know, I mean, it's once, uh, you know, twice in, in 100 years maybe. You know, you look at Ian Rush, uh, maybe three times, Ian Rush, Roger Hunt, uh, and Mo Salah. Uh, those those three are the, the top three, um, you know, goals per minute strikers that we've that we've ever had. Um, and you know, Salah's ahead of Rush, uh, for you know, FFS if you want to avoid swearing. I, did, I um, didn't know that, 
Yes, really, no, absolutely. Really he's, yeah. he actually, he's actually goals per minute. I believe he's ahead of Roger Hunt as well. Roger Hunt um, got got to 150 goals in, in fewer games, but um, Salah did it in fewer minutes on the pitch somehow. Um, so uh, anyway, yeah, I mean, it's... Uh, I don't expect us to be able to replace that level of output, but there are so many players who can come in and add to the firepower we already have. And, and and I don't even think you need to have anyone that clinical to win trophies. Uh, look at Spurs with Harry Kane. They've won bugger all, despite him, you know, consistently, um, you know, getting tons of goals. Bayern Munich have only won the Champions League once only. is still a great achievement. But with, you know, despite the fact that Robin Lewandow Robert Lewandowski has scored 40 in I believe his last six seasons in a row or something ridiculous, ridiculous. Um, Brian, I'll give you the final word on this uh, Salah contract situation before we we call it a, a day, a night. Um, you know, what what do you make of it all? You know, especially Rami, that immature, unprofessional agent putting smiley faces, presumably in reference to Klopp, saying that the club has done all that it can. I don't know. What do you reckon? Uh, you know, I'm, um, you know, when it comes to things like this, I'm, I'm a little bit philosophical uh, about it. You know, what will be, will be, I mean, I, I personally think he, I'm kind of, I kind of slightly disagree with you guys in the fact that I, I really do think it would be good to have him play out his career at Liverpool. Mm -hmm. Um, and yes, we, we could get more players in there's a lot of players that could fit into the system that can that can do a lot but i think people don't i think people sleep on just how brilliant he is and uh the the, the levels yeah. of performance and i'm and not what so, yeah no no I'm no not i'm not saying you i'm not saying you are i'm not gonna um, have, yeah no I'm, no uh, yeah sorry continue yeah. no it's okay uh you know but um i mean there's an argument to be had on both sides i i, I think i trust the club I, I trust the owners. They know what they're doing, but they, I will say this, they do have a track record of not giving in to wage demands. <laughs> it doesn't matter who the player is. Um, you know, they have a number and then they stick to it. Um, and so, but I think personally, I think he'd be absolutely crazy to leave Liverpool um, because he's at a club that is completely set up for him from the ground up for him to succeed and for him to be a legend and for him to have the nicest life he possibly can. They do absolutely everything they can to, to make him feel wanted and comfortable. And he's in a great team. I mean, he may not be getting the crazy money um, that's out there, but I mean, he doesn't like, I mean, how much money, I mean, yes, the footballers deserve their money. I'm, I, you know, I good, good, good luck to them. Get, get as much as you can. I say, but sometimes you have to kind of make a decision. Um, you know, what do you want to achieve? And uh, where does he go? Which team does he play for? Because there's no teams out there that are set up like Liverpool are, that, that he's guaranteed success. Because, you know, look at all the players that left us. That You know, the great players here, but they quickly become just another player um, in another team. Like, I think of poor Genie over at PSG. I mean, it's, it's heartbreaking watching what's happened to him over there and if he went to real madrid or he went to barcelona it's like flip a coin 
you know it's like yes, i think he, i think it's different no brand i think i do think it's different because i think mo, mo salah is you know truly you know at the pinnacle of 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 world football in terms of it, there aren't any better i mean you for me killian mbappe is on on his level yeah. But you know, it's not like um, you know, Vinaldo's a you know a rung or two down, down the ladder. No, but, sure. Uh, you know, in terms of the wages, just 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 to bring bring you up on, on the point about wages, about looking for more. I did find um, a good table that um, someone uh, put on 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 a WhatsApp group. Cristiano Ronaldo apparently, according to this table, I don't know who the source is, but he gets five hundred and ten thousand pounds a week. Kevin De Bruyne is second on the list uh, for weekly salary with 400,000 a week. And you go through it all. David De Gea is third on 375k a week. Then it's Jadon Sancho, of all people. Then it's Raphael Varane. So there's a huge danger you have to take into account when you're thinking about Mo Salah's contract um, that... You know, if you break our wage structure for Mo, you're going to have to probably break it to to keep Virgil happy, to keep everyone else happy. It is a consideration because United broke their wage structure for David De Gea. And in retrospect, that was stupid. That has cost them millions and millions and millions and arguably has kept them from being very competitive because he's a good goalkeeper. He's a very good goalkeeper, but he's not even a great goalkeeper. Um, so then, you know, 340k for Rafa Varane. I mean, this, what are they doing? Just, you know, just send me some money. I don't know. I could do with some of that because you're, you're wasting it on Varane. I don't know. Um, at least I'll invest it in something like, I don't know, something, something, more NFTs. worthwhile like nfts yes for example <laughs> yeah lukaku's next on 325k jack Grealish, 300k raheem sterling and uh, 300k kante and paul pogba on 290k timo verner 270k john stones and it, it keeps going it keeps going down and down and down and mo is on the on the list at you know when you consider edison cavani's on 250k and there are a few players between him and mo salah who apparently is on 200k so you can see where mo is coming from in in saying that he's better than all of those players and he should you know you look at his agent's point of view is you have to look at the market rate, but the market rate is based on oil um, rich nations funding it. Uh, but, I, based... but I thought, I thought we on. had a, sorry for interjecting, but I, I thought we had a kind of quite a flexible wage structure in the fact that the, you know, there's, there's tiers of, of wages in our, in our club and right at the top, is that very special tier, for, you know, for truly, you know, world-class players or whatever. So they get paid, you know, that then it becomes all bets are off. And what is within reason, what, what is the rate? So it's not reflective of the whole, the whole team, because I think actually, I mean, you make a great point about the, our wage structure, but we also have to be realistic because, if it's not just Mo, if we've got this great team, which we do, and you've got, if Mo is on that much money, and I, and I'm, you know, I'm, I'm pretty sure the rest of the team are not on great money either, comparable, comparably to these all these other players. Then, it's only a matter of time before one or two of them start looking over the shoulder and go, "Hey, you know, how come that guy's getting paid three hundred grand uh, a week?" And I'm getting paid 120, and yet I've got two Champions League medals, and uh, you know what I mean. So I think maybe the club needs to consider that, and there might have to be a little bit of a tweak 
where the players need to know that they can earn the really big money like they won't we won't just give it out like willy-nilly but if if the player is genuinely considered the best in the world and what they do then they don't have to leave liverpool to get that crazy money. no no you, you see I, I i disagree with that completely because liverpool have got a different financial model we don't have we can't pump dollars out of the ground in the form of black gold okay we have we have the best owners owners in football fsg and we have the best financial model in football bar none perhaps i mean look at bayern munich probably have the best owners in football the german model is the best where the fans actually own it but unfortunately that's been superseded and and basically perverted by the oil money and abramovich uh, the, the the chickens have come home with a roost for abramovich you know um and and chelsea look like they could be in a very sticky situation we can't compete and we don't compete and it's right we don't compete with that type of money we don't have it so it's impossible what liverpool but, but, have to do is, the, is, uh, is 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 punch above our weight and that's what we do but didn't we have the highest wage bill when the, the year we won the league we paid the most money it's so, curious yeah and, and which think, which 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 source that sorry which source that you 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 get because uh the swiss ramble who's a brilliant um uh, an analyst of, of the football industry um yes he puts liverpool's overall wage bill because there are lots of players on high wages i think we're about third or or fourth in the league but yes uh but but we're not you know we're still far away from being able to sustainably afford to pay the big bucks that's that's the thing is it sustainable brian that's i, I agree, I with, agree with both of you and i i'm mm. not suggesting that we just turn you know caution to the wind because i'm more than that any football fan i i i'm a big fan of the business side of the game and I, it's it's something that has to be done unfortunately it's what we, it's the it's the world we live in and i've always thought the only way that liverpool compete with these big oil rich teams is that we need to have the smartest people in the room when it comes to scouting statistics you know commercial deals all of that kind of stuff and and we do but it looks things by and large although city have a reasonably good team as well um but we also have to be realistic you know it's like um there there the i think when we won the league we definitely did well well definitely but a lot of a lot of uh, sources would put us that we were paying the most money in the league to our players by and large for the most part and there is a kind of uh theory out yeah, there but that, that was average we, we weren't the highest payers but we did have a lot of players on good salaries as opposed right. to a few players on mega salaries which is what salah mm. wants and the rest on sort of average salary well you know i mean i think you guys make a very strong point in the fact that the most important thing for us i think in terms of the players is that we get them in their absolute best years right and so you could make the case that with salah we've seen a lot of that already and maybe he has his swan song um to to, to play out at Real Madrid for ridiculous money and can we do that just no right we just don't we're not capable of doing that we're not capable of saying yes here's your big truck of money um carry on playing for us and so if that's the case then um ooh, it's yeah I mean it's a bit sad to think that then really because if if, if it, it was it reminds me of when um you know years ago when players got had any kind of success at Liverpool, Barcelona and Real Madrid came knocking. 
or Bayern Munich, and you would just say, well, they're off, you know. But now we uh, that doesn't happen because, as Jurgen Klopp said, we're not a stepping stone club anymore. We're a destination. And well, for the most yeah, part, you're right, Brian. But what's thrown a spanner in the works is that for Salah, he has to realize there's more important things than money. So, yeah. um, so you know, he, he can leave and go to PSG, which is probably the only one who'll sign him. But um, he won't win the Champions League there, and he may well do with us, or he probably won't. So he may I well mean, do with Man City, though, Fergus. I mean, if he's going to be mercenary, he could uh, he could leave us either this summer or, or next year at the end yeah. of his contract for free and join City. Yeah, that 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 would say more about Salah's character than anything. Everyone knows that a Liverpool player shouldn't be joining Man City or Man United. So, you know, if that's what he wants to do, fine. But. He'll have a Michael Owen level of uh, respect from uh, yes, the fans after that's that. Horrible you know? thing. <laughs> <laughs> so really, it's he, not he worth has, it. Yeah, I mean, how much? How much money do you need? You know, he's probably got more money than he can spend in his entire lifetime. He he may judge um, his own success by winning the Ballon d'Or and by his salary being equal to the top players in the world. But in fact, um, you know, maybe he's got to be a bit more realistic. You know, does he want to stay with a great club, have a great legacy, probably have a statue, you know, if we ever if we ever do any more statues? Um, and or does he want to just uh, cash in? And that's his choice, really. And I think FSG are right to stick to their guns. They have a financial model. They don't they don't pump money out of the ground. Uh, we, you know, they have a financial system which they have to stick to. If I was his agent, I'd be demanding a statue. I'd be like, if you can guarantee a statue, my client will stay. <laughs> yeah, maybe. Or some kind of stamp for like the burger buns that they sell at the at halftime at Anfield, which is with Mo Salah. That, I mean, I'd buy a burger. I mean, he's someone who's trying to cut down on red meat. Burgers. But anyway, on that note, guys, uh, oh, those burgers look horrible as well. Uh, I saw a photo yeah, the other I've day. Seen that. Oh, man, disgusting. Horrendous. Embarrassing. Sort it out, Liverpool. But anyway, um, uh, thanks, guys. On that note, it's been wonderful. At the moment, all we can do is just keep enjoying watching Mo Salah for as long as we can and enjoy watching these these lovely reds. Um, I do uh, want to thank everyone in the chat, including, uh, the, uh, is it Ankit from uh, Almighty Blues? The Chelsea fans joined us as well. It's really nice to have you with us. And uh, to all the listeners listening to the audio version, absolute pleasure. Uh, anyone can contact me, coponpodcast at gmail.com. It's been a delight to speak to you again, uh, Brian, and to you fergus as well absolutely lovely to have you with us and uh take care guys you'll never walk alone and i think we're 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 getting there i do i think uh i think this could be it i think we're we're, we're hot on their heels <laughs>